0: Turn in your Bibles to the, to the Book of Mark, Gospel of Mark. We're going to look briefly this morning at a subject, which is the key, I think, for the local church. And we are beginning a new year. And when you look at a new year, you look forward, but you also need to look backward. You need to look at our foundation. And so this morning we go back to an area which is vital. And that is our foundation. That is the Word of God. The Word of God is alive and powerful, and you know when you get up today and you say, "Watch, well, JB can't talk very well." It's not about me. It's not about my voice. It's the Word of God, which was the key. So the bottom line is, what does the Bible say? And so we're going to look at that. We see it's the foundation for a church. It's the foundation for our growth. God has made Himself known. We call revelation, but written revelation is called the inspired word of God. And so, this morning, we're going to look at the importance of the word of God, and we want to see some truths that we can apply in our lives, and that we'd be encouraged. Well, by the grace of God, I got to go to Dallas Seminary. It's been a long time ago; been over 30 years. It was a great school. Uh, it was hard, but I had a great four years. Out in front of Dallas Seminary is a sign and a symbol. It's based on 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, and it says, preach the word. And that's the goal of the seminary, is that people would know it and understand it and proclaim the word of God. As we come together this morning, we want to think about the importance of the scripture and the Bible in our lives and in our church. So let me raise some questions. What is your authority when you seek to make a decision? What is your authority when you seek to live for Jesus Christ? Do you have a method of studying the Bible so that you can understand it and make it known to others? What part does knowing the Word of God have in you fulfilling the Great Commission? We must understand how important the Bible is. As you know, at our church, the foundation for everything we do is the Bible. We always talk about the big key thing is that Jesus Christ is the Savior. He died and rose again. Whoever believes in Him has eternal life. We talk about the Bible as, and I'm going to talk more about it today, but it's alive and powerful and sharpening, two-edged sword. And then we talk about the, 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 the Holy Spirit and the, and the privilege of being able to serve in God's power. But this morning, we want to talk about the Bible. And so there's a couple of questions or four questions. The first is the importance of the Bible in the life of Christ. We're going to look at that. Then we're going to see the truths concerning the Bible. And we'll go through that pretty fast. And then our response to the Bible and then how to keep God's Word as the focus in our lives and ministries. If we got a new year going, how do we do that? So let's think about something. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, came to earth, died on the cross, paid for sin, rose again, conquering death, giving eternal life to all who believe. All of us, when we believe, we become children of God. We become born again. We have the great privilege to proclaim the gospel in our community. The Bible says we're new people in Christ. We grow, are to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. So here's the question. How do we know all those things? We know those things because they're found in the word of God. The Bible is our source of truth and information about God. Man, salvation, Christ, eternal life, ministry, on and on. The Bible is the most important thing that we have to seek and use to make a difference for Christ. So let's look at this. Let's start with the very first thing and see the importance of the Word of God in the life of Jesus Christ. You understand that at the very beginning, in the Gospel of John... Jesus Christ is called the Word of God. He is the living Word of God. We have the written Word of God. While Jesus was on this earth, he taught the living Word, taught the written Word. I want you to understand that when he walked on this earth, he spoke plainly the truths of the Bible. When he was tempted by the devil, where did he go? He went to the Word of God. When he spoke in the synagogue in Nazareth, he read from Isaiah chapter 61. I want you to notice Mark chapter 1, look at verse 21. Notice what Jesus did. They went into Capernaum, this is Jesus and some others, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and began to what? To teach. What was he teaching? He was teaching the Bible. It's amazing. He went into the synagogue to teach the word of God. Now notice the next verse. They were amazed. They were amazed at his teaching. Why? Because he was teaching them as one having authority. See, when Jesus taught, he taught the Bible. He taught the scripture. At that day and time, we know that the scribes and the Pharisees, they would talk about the Bible. You've heard me say this a number of times, that you'll find today in the pulpits in the United States, pastors do three things. Some talk. Some talk about the Bible, and some teach the Bible. And there's a difference. Some people talk, they give good messages, they they talk about things. They don't really use the Scripture. I've gone to churches in, in, in my past where the Bible was never opened. So there are people who talk. Then there are people who talk about the Bible. Now, that's a little different. You can say, well, this is a verse or this verse, but they talk about the Bible. There's a third thing, and that is to teach the Bible. That's what we try to do, is teach the Bible. What did Jesus do? He went into Capernaum and began to teach. They were amazed at his teaching. Why? Because the scribes and Pharisees of that day talked about the Bible, but they didn't teach the Bible. He taught the Scripture. This is the authority in our lives. And in the first century, you find that the apostles would teach the Word of God, and that is really the key. And so uh, Jesus did that. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to teach the Bible. And not just me, every one of you, every one of us in this room are to take what we know and pass it on. That's second Timothy 2 2. We'll see more about that in just a second. So we understand that as far as the Bible was concerned for Jesus, it was everything. Every time a lot of times we think that Jesus taught parables, and there are parables given in the scripture, but he always taught the Bible. Parables were stories to help. Understand the scripture, but he did that. So let's talk about something, and we'll go through this very quickly. Let's talk about that Jesus Christ in his ministry taught the word. Let's talk about important truths concerning the Bible. And I'll go through it fairly fast because I know you don't want to hear this voice any longer than you have to. But <clears throat> first of all, the Bible is our authority. It is. It's the authority. it's uh, we th- th- When I get up, I'm not your authority. The Bible's the authority. I can give you opinions. And sometimes I might say, well, you know, here's what I think. But you know, it doesn't really matter what I think. What matters is what does the Scripture say. It's the authority to our lives. We talk, uh, we talk about people. Now. I've had people come to me and say, JB, how do you make up your sermons? I don't make up sermons. I already have my message. We've been doing Matthew, right? We're in Matthew chapter five, six, and seven, right now. We're going through. Well, I don't have to go make up anything. I go to Matthew chapter five, and we teach through Matthew chapter five. That's what we're supposed to do. It's the authority. There is no other authority in our lives other than the Word of God. Now, the very first part of the of the early days of the church, as God was adding to the Scripture, the apostles were the authority. And then the canon of Scripture was completed. So the first thing, the Bible is our authority. The second thing, the Bible is inspired. Uh, Brian quoted the verses at the beginning, and that's why I wanted you to hear those. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God. That means God breathed. That means it's from God. God gives us His revelation in a written form. You may not understand this. You may not realize the importance you hold in your hand the word of God inspired, given by God to us. He used people to do it. He, God breathed through them, people like Mark, people like Paul, but he breathed through them. And it's inspired, God making himself known. This, the next thing is, it's profitable. As the verse goes on to say, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. The Bible helps us. It's profitable. It helps us grow. It helps us to understand the truth. It helps us to mature and be equipped to serve. If we're going to grow as Christians, we've got to have the Bible. So when you think about it, it's, it's our authority. It's inspired. It's profitable. It's alive. Now this is the part. There's stuff, these next two, I love. Because this one says the Bible is alive. Hebrews 4.12 says, The Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper and two-edged sword, piercing as far as division of the soul and spirit, both of the joints of the marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of our hearts. When you read the Scripture, it touches us. It does that. It's alive. It not only knows what we think, it knows why we think it. That's why sometimes you read the Bible and you go, Ooh, I, I better move on. Prof. Hendricks at Dallas Seminary, he'd be teaching something and he'd go, Well... Let's do convicting. Let's move on. You know, and that's what the Bible does. It is alive. It goes right to the heart of the issue. This is not just some book. This is not a book like all the other books. This is the inspired, alive, powerful, profitable Word of God. And you have it. You have it in your hands. You have the privilege to read it and study it. Every day, anytime you want to. We live in a country that we can meet together every day if we wanted to. We don't just have to meet on Sunday. We can meet anytime we want to because we can study the scripture. This is, the next one is one of my favorite ones and that is the Bible is effective. Isaiah 55, 11 says, the word of God never comes back void but accomplishes the purpose that God sets so. out. So I want you to think about that. It is effective. Have you ever realized every one of us in this room are different? Okay? So what if we teach this passage or what if next week we're in Matthew chapter 5? You could say, does everybody in this room need Matthew chapter 5? Well, the truth is yes because what God's going to do is He's going to take His Word and it never comes back void and so when you teach the Word, it goes and accomplishes His purpose in your life you may hear something in Matthew chapter 5 or even this morning and go I never thought of that somebody else may not even get that but they go oh, I never thought of that it always accomplishes its purpose that's why you don't have to be afraid when you get up to teach when you do a Sunday school class when you help disciple someone whenever you get to do anything always use the Bible as your authority because it's what touches lives not you not, not our personalities, not our great voices, none of that. It's the Bible. It's effective. And so it's going to touch lives. And, uh, you know, give them the word of God. I remember when I first started growing as a Christian, Nap Clark was the one that led me to Clark Christ. And we'd say something like, Nap, we're going to go talk to some people. And he'd say, give them the scripture. Give them the scripture. That's the key. The Bible is the truth. I love the truth. Don't you love the truth? The truth is we we live in a world that has um, a million truths when the Bible is the truth. There are people who will say things like this. Well, if this is true for me, it may not be true for you. You have your truth. I have my truth. There's no such thing as that. There's only the truth which is the word of God. John 17, 17 Thy word is truth. We can go back to the Bible and when it says something will be a thousand years I guarantee you it will be a thousand years. When it says this person traveled to that place I guarantee you they traveled to that place. When it says Jesus Christ is going to come in the clouds of the dead and Christ is going to rise first. We who are alive and remain be caught up to give, I guarantee you one of these days that's going to happen because the Bible is the truth always is, always will be. Finally, the Bible helps us grow. First Peter 2.2, 2, as a newborn babe, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow by it. Catherine's uh, little boy, Cole, he's still nursing, of course, and boy, when he's hungry, he's ready to go get it. The writer, Peter, says, as a newborn baby, desires the milk you desire the Word of God. And it sows awesome on to say, so that you can grow. If you want to grow as a Christian, if we want to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, if we want to grow and be different and, and, and be mature, it's going to go back to the Bible. That's what helps us grow. I love 2 Peter three eighteen. Grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. The only way you can find that is the Word of God. So you think about the Bible, all of these things we've seen, takes us to the next part. What's our response? What are we supposed to do about all this? Well, three things. In Ezra chapter 7 verse 10, if you've ever had my 2-2 class, you've heard me teach this, but in Ezra chapter 7 verse 10, Ezra purposed in his heart that he would do three things. He would study the Bible, he would apply the Bible, and he would teach the Bible. That was his plan, and he wanted to live it out. The same is true for us, we're to study the Word of God. Second Timothy two fifteen: Study to show yourself approved to God as a workman, not be ashamed, handling accurately the Word of God. We're to study the Bible. Now, I've had people say, "Well, no, JB, that's your job." No, my job is to study and to teach this. But your job also, as a Christian, is to know it, to study it, to dig it, to understand it, so you can rightly divide the Bible. We have a method of interpretation at our church that we teach is called the historical, literal, grammatical interpretation. We see the Bible in its historic context, the literal meanings of the word, and grammatically how it fits together. That's why when a passage says a particular thing, it says a particular thing. We have a method that we call observation, interpretation, application to help our people put it together. Context is the key. Let me give you two things. How many of you have heard this? where two or three are gathered in my name, there I'll be with you. Everybody's heard that. Most people think that means that, that you've got an issue, got a, you want to talk about something, let's get a couple of Christians together and let's pray. If we come together, then God will hear us. That's not the context of that passage at all. In fact, if you look at the context of that passage, it's talking about people who are, are going to be removed from the body because of their sin, and at the very end of that passage, it says where two or three are gathered, I am with you. He says, I'm with you when you make the decision to remove a person from your body. It has nothing to do with a couple of people getting together. And by the way, I've had people say, if you get two or three together, God will be with us. I think he's with us all the time. He's with me. I don't have to have somebody else with me, right? So that passage is not dealing with that. I've got one more. <clears throat> There's one that says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Everybody says, how do you know? Should I go to the ball game or not? I don't know. Do you have peace about it? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That passage is not talking about decision making. In fact, it's actually saying, the verse in the context says, as believers get along with one another. And the passage actually says, let the peace of God rule in your plural hearts. But people don't look at the context. You have to do that. You have to study the Bible and put it together. The second thing is to make application. Philippians 4 says take the things you've been taught and live them out. That's the goal of the study of the Bible is application. Most people think the goal of the study of the Bible is knowledge. Why do you study the Bible? So I can know it. Why should you know it? So you can apply it. The goal of the study of the Bible is application. We want to do that, and then last but not least, Ezra also planned to teach other people. Second Timothy two two, take what we've been taught, pass that on, and teach other people as well. I always do this. You've heard me say this many times, but it's just true, and you've got to hear it. I will be in the members' new members class or membership training class. And I'll ask people, how many of you in here believe it is your responsibility to share your faith? How many hands go up? Every hand. Then I say, how many of you believe it's your responsibility to teach other people the Bible? And almost no hands go up. But you have the same responsibility to teach people the Bible as you do to share your faith. Because making disciples involves two things, evangelism and training. Sharing our faith and teaching people the Bible so they can grow. So every one of us in this room, we're to study it, we're to apply it, and we're to pass it on teach other people as well. So it's very powerful. That's what the Great Commission is, evangelism and training. With that in mind, we come to the last part. And how in the world can we keep God's word as the focus in our lives and ministries? Now think about this. How can we do it? We've already said that the Bible was important to Jesus. We already saw those seven or eight or nine things about it. it's alive and it's powerful and it's, you know, it's effective and it's the truth and, and it helps us grow and, and it's authoritative. We've seen all that and we've actually seen what Ezra said to do. And then we say, well, we've got to do the same thing. Now, I have to tell you, it's going to be hard because most Christians don't realize they're to study apply, and teach. It's just not taught much. Uh, when people talk about the Great Commission, many people think the Great Commission is evangelism. That's only half of the Great Commission. The Great Commission is leading people to Christ and then training them and equipping them. And the people that do the training are the ones sitting in this room. A lot of times people think we hire staff to do ministry. We hire staff to equip believers to do ministry. My job, now I do ministry as well, but my job is to equip you so you can do the ministry. So it gets to this last point. How can we keep God's word as the focus in our lives and ministry? We've already said the key is you got to study it. you got to study it and apply it and pass it on. But I have two other things I just want you to think about. One is this. Memorize the Bible. Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We need to put God's word in our minds. Philippians actually says, and Paul writes in Philippians, it says the things that are pure, that are good, that are lovely, think on these things. You need to take the Bible and you need to memorize it. Now, I know that a lot of people say things like, oh, I'm not, I can't memorize. Yes, you can. You can. Anybody can. You know, so what, what if, if you want to, I have some sheets. We, I have a Thursday morning group of guys, and we have these sheets, we call them memory sheets. One's called uh, memory verses, and then there's one called mega memory verses, and then there's one called more mega verses, and then there's one called super, you know, it just gets bigger. And if you would like some of those verses, we can give them for you out of the office, or you can go to the website, And on the website, you just go into resources and click, and it has the verses, and they're typed out for you. Why don't you this year seek to memorize maybe that first page? Now, there's a lot of verses there. So if you do that, you've done really well. But you've got to put the Word of God in your mind. Let me tell you, I've quoted a lot of verses today, but I had not turned to those passages. You know why? Because I haven't memorized. And so I don't have to say, let me tell you what... 2 Timothy 3.16 says, if I can find it, I know it. Okay? You should know it too. You have the Bible and it's in English so we can understand it. I used to laugh when people would say, well, I'm, they're talking about themselves and they say, I'm no Bible scholar. And I always look at them and say, why not? If it's in your language, you can read it and you can study it and you can put it together. So to be... To be knowledgeable of the Bible is something we can do. So let's memorize it. So go to the website, call the church office, we'll give you some verses and say, hey, memorize some of these verses. Um, In the class I'm teaching in the fall on the Christian life, at the end of every lesson, I have one verse for you to memorize. So if you take my class, you'll get about 14 verses this this coming semester to memorize. Is the second thing, and that is meditate. Now we got to be careful, because we've been overwhelmed. We just did a study on uh, last Wednesday, uh, Wednesday nights last semester on angels and demons, and there is a demonic activity all over the world, and all kind of things. And people call meditation. Uh, if you read what TM transcendental meditation or certain groups call meditation, they say you clear your mind. And you have a word you're going to say. And then something's going to come into your brain. That's not biblical meditation. Biblical meditation is taking a truth from the Bible. And turning it over in your mind, thinking about it, thinking about how it fits together. If we said all Scripture is inspired by God, you might say, "Okay, what?" First of all, all Scripture—that means all—that means not some, but all Scripture is inspired. What does the word "inspired" mean? It means to be God breathed, and so you could think about that for a while. And then it says, "inspired by God," and so you think about God inspiring the Scripture. How did He do it? So that would be meditating. You think on truths. From the Bible, you turn them over in your mind. It's very, very powerful. Jesus taught the Scripture. We're to study, know, and apply the Scripture. It's our authority. It's alive. It's effective. It is truth. So we can grow. So let me give you a couple of quick applications. First one is this. Let's realize the importance of the Bible in our lives. Let's realize that it is alive. When you read the Bible and when you study the Bible, it's just not a book. It's God's written revelation. It's powerful. It's truth from God. It's effective. It can change your life. Okay, second, get a time to study the Bible. Now, let me say this. I'm not talking about, and I don't mean this bad, because I, uh, I use our daily bread. I use other little devotionals that I read. Don't let that be your Bible study. That's not bible study. That's a little devotional. Study the Bible. If you want to, follow along in Matthew. You know where we're going. I'm not going to skip around. We're just going verse by verse. So you start studying Matthew. We'll be in Matthew chapter 5 next week. Study it. Look at it yourself. Dig it. Observe it. Interpret it. Apply it. Put it together in its context. Know how it fits together. Take the time to study the Scripture so that you can know it, so that you can pass it on, so that you can live it out. Last but not least, put God's word in our minds, and we can do that as we memorize it and as we meditate on the word of God. So may we know it, may we apply it, may we pass it on, may we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Savior in the scripture, and let us understand the importance as we begin a new year, understand the vital importance of the Bible in our lives.